without a fight, West Wind blows to hit in unison, without a fight, without a fight for the Caulfield Cup. Think about it! Think about it, one of the Everest. Imperatrice has got it! Ivan Buramai, the Japanese stallion bomb them, Ivan Welcome back, everybody, to the lottery. We are just starting to get things heated up around here a little bit. The the Autumn Carnival is just, uh, just just a couple of weeks away, and we're just starting to get into the good group ones of the season. We've got our first one. First group one is up next week, actually. It's the C of Four Stakes, and we get to see one of the all-time greats of the turf, Mr. Brightside, come back and brace us again. He's up. He's, he'll be coming back first up over 1,400. He'll be going four deep into his Australian Cup run. So good to see all the good horses starting to come back this week and next weekend. So... Julie, keep your ears out for that because we'll have plenty of content out there for you. We've been sucking a bit in the old tipping department as of late, the boys. I reckon JC's had a good day out there. But the old Italian stallion ringing Guido, Tony Mockbell, Benito Mussolini, whatever you want to call him. Chief Wiggum. Yeah, Chief Wiggum was coming last weekend and absolutely tipped the lights out. So I'll be waiting for him to make his long-awaited return. But it's just even JC's out this week. I reckon he's he's got a sore noggin from last weekend after having more seconds than Doc. I don't know, you can eat Chinese restaurants. So just me and the CEO this week. CEO, welcome back, mate. I don't know if it is welcome back. Bronson comes on, steals the spotlight, and then bounces. It, it makes me look to be a fool, which I already knew that. I knew I was a fool. But We've been telling you all our lives. Too. Yes, but I've been struggling of late. Uh, I, I reckon I had a few weeks uh, a miss of the podcast just to give myself a little bit of a break, and I thought, you know what? These boys have been on. I've got a good feeling for this weekend and tipped a couple, but all in all, not that great. But that's what we do the show for, isn't it? It's been, yeah, the CEO, he's been pretty busy, the, the CEO himself. How is Sports Confidential going as a whole? I, I, I don't reckon, I'm lucky to get a word into him as of late. He's, he's got his head tucked in and doing some hard work behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a heap going on at the moment uh, with all the other boys in the other podcasts. We've got the weekly wrap, which we do every week, which is blowing up in America at the moment uh, of all pages. Uh, if you haven't heard the weekly wrap, I actually had someone message me with my NBA prediction and tell them that they hate me. So... You know you've made it when that happens, so that's going all right. Got and that was pro- just my burner account. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We've got the From the Spot podcast with the soccer boys there. They're loving it at the moment. Is of the course. Ta- yeah, is, is the tailgate still a thing or is that? Is that- tailgate's been getting lipped off by all the boys <laughs> in the inbox because it hasn't grown as of yet, but surely Cody will be back for the next season. We're at the Super Bowl now, so he probably can't start it just yet. SC Oz, obviously, footy season's just around the corner. You're a Carlton man. How are they going to go this year? I think we're... Finally, we've got a bit of form. We've got some track record behind us. Some of the greats have said this is our year and some of, some of the not-so-greats like my old man have said this is it. This is our time to shine. <laughs> Love it. And I reckon, yeah, now I think we're, we're deserved top eight. I've, we should – I'd love us to make top four, but I'm still pretty adamant that we're going to make the eight and be up there towards the end of September. Love it. Uh, moving on from the Dons very quickly because they suck at the moment. Surely they don't break my heart yet again this year. We've also got the lottery as well, which we're on now, and this is booming. We had some big listeners last week, so thanks for everyone for tuning in. I haven't even told you yourself, but starting to blow up again, so everyone get on board. Thank and you're right. Let's get into it. Autumn carnival time is just around the corner. So we don't have actually, like this week's is the Melbourne Stakes that we'll, we'll get to uh, in our tipping part of the news. But we've actually got a bit of news to touch on this week, touch on. Uh, we've got a couple of bits, just like with, with namings and horses making their debuts and stuff like that. So I'm going to go through a bit of news we've got noted down. And one of the main ones leading into the autumn carnival is one of the main stars, Alligator Blood, has potentially run his last race. He's done tendon injury uh, just in training only a couple, like I think it was only this week or something. And especially like, like he's an eight year old now. Like sometimes even a tendon injury to perfect example, Giga Kick. He's he was only a three year old and he, he, like he's ruled out of the autumn as well. Missed all the spring and like that can pretty much end a horse's career. So 
especially when you're like when you're an eight year old like alligator blood who's done he's done pretty much everything you can ask of him. I think that's about it for him. I can't see him coming back anytime soon. I knew you were all over this racing show when I was actually on uh, X or formerly known as Twitter, and I seen this pop up and I went, "Oh Jesus!" I couldn't believe it. I was like. That took me by surprise because you've been big on alligator blood the whole time. So I've gone to screenshot it, and the next thing you know, I pop up a notification from you. Have a look at these boys. So you were all over it, I reckon, just as the news broke. Oh, I, yep. I'm I'm a big Twitter user. I, just, I I can't stop scrolling. Like just that gamble, like that punning side of Twitter. It's, just, it, it's a fucking cesspool of just information yeah, and shit out there. I can't get enough of it. But yeah, so sad to see. Like it's still not 100 confirmed. They haven't ruled him out or anything yet. But as of right now. It looks very, very unlikely that he's going to be making back, uh, making it back onto the racetrack anytime soon. Uh, a little bit of other news is that the Kiramar and Dave Eustace, have, they've officially split now. Dave Eustace is off to Hong Kong officially. But the big the big commotion that's come out of it is that they they were a training partnership, Kiramar and David Eustace. And since like he's, like he's Eustace has left, but now because, like Racing Victoria have come out and made a statement saying that any any more wins that they have, the Kieran Ma has, doesn't go towards their like their premiership tally. Like they they have a premiership tally for like a Vic premiership, a Australian premiership, and everything. And they were leading both the Victorian premiership and the Australian premiership for most trade winners in a season. They're at like a hundred and something in the Victorian. I can't remember the exact, but they're a good twenty or twenty or twenty five wins ahead of the next uh, second best, which was the Hayes brothers. And they've pretty much come in and said, "Not nah, like." Any win that Kiramar has from here on out, just like Kiramar goes back to zero. Kiramar and Dave Eustace still stand at a hundred and whatever, but any like anything from now on with just Kiramar goes back to zero. And I reckon that's the biggest rot of all time. Why is that though? What why is the ruling that he goes back to zero? They they have explained it. It's something to do with like the continuancy. Like I I can't like I didn't I actually couldn't find like I didn't go looking for the statement or anything. I just heard like Everywhere, like this has happened, they've said no. Like he's not a training partner anymore. It's not reflective of that. But like this, I've heard cases for and against. Like especially like on the radio on RSN every morning. That's all I listen to. And they've like all week. This is all they've been talking about. Is trying to see like there's arguments for it, saying um, like just because Dave Eustace isn't there anymore, like they're still under Kieran Ma. Like like yes, Dave Eustace is the head trainer, but like. Or it's still all the same stable hands, still the same strappers, still shown at the same place. And like they've been given analogies even for like um, AFL and like, so if a head coach changes mid season, they don't lose all their points and go back to zero. Like, yeah, correct. And like, and they also said, and also if like, say, just, just say Dave Eustis like died, like say he passed away, like would they still put him back to zero when it was not like you can't really do anything about it? So there's, Arguments here and for, but I've, from what I've been hearing, and what I think should be the case is that like it's just blown up too much. So the racing victorious just gonna have to make it back to them and be like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll let this one go to the, through the cable. Like, okay, we we stuffed up, but I don't know if they will. I think they like as they bore if if they were to revert on their decision, they'd kind of be a bit of a they're very a bit of a walkover, yeah. really. So like I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but just me personally, JC Nola down there. That I, I assume from what he's written down as well that he's on the same board as me that I reckon it's a rot. It's it's still my it's still my used to training him. Um it's still my training him, I should say, sorry, but I, I think I still think all the runs should stay with him. I just don't think he should go back to zero at all. I think that's absolutely pathetic. But you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. I reckon that common sense will prevail at the end of the day and I reckon they'll will 
still get alluded to all the wins, but we'll wait and see what uh, RV had to say at the matter of that. Uh, another little bit of news coming out just in uh, uh, the renaming of the major spring race, which which used to be the Chipping Norton Stakes, which is a main race in the Autumn Carnival, has now uh, has now been officially renamed into the Tab Very Elegant Stakes, which is a, still a Group One million dollar Group One for. Um, I don't even know what the, I don't even know if it's a wait for age or not. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's good that Very that Very Elegant does have a Group One uh, nice range in honour of her. I'm pretty sure that, that there's still some other Group One horses around there. Uh, they probably deserve a uh, race named after him, but they've still got to be retired and get, get to that status of very elegant. Just like that they've got the uh, betting agency named in every single race, I reckon, yeah. sometimes. It just adds on to it for every single race. Exactly right. And I don't know if we caught yesterday as well. I don't know if you were watching the races yesterday, but a horse was going around uh, by the name of Dale. Yes. You did, you did see this. Well, I didn't see the race, but I did see the result and uh, it wasn't pretty. No, it was not. And neither was the thing that the, the $2.5 million cult of Kieran Mars, that was his most expensive purchase to date, I think that comes second last and Dale come last in the race. And Dale was profoundly named after Dale Dobrik from Step Brothers. And the only reason they've named that is because the, the, like the part owner it is Matt Damon, the Hollywood actor, and he said the only reason he the only way he's going to get into a horse and name it is if he if if he gets to call it Dale for Dale Dobrik from <laughs> that's Brothers. incredible yeah that's that's all that's the only reason they gave and that's the only reason they've named it that and a Dewey come last so <laughs> I don't know what they'll end up doing with that one uh, even with it should it, yeah even with Railway Man they should like I, I understand like the race but like it's a two point five million dollar cult and he's just come. Uh, very, very close to stone motherless. So we will wait and see what happens with that $2.5 million cult. Wow. A little quick note from JC is that uh, Benny Thompson, his Queensland goat, is off to ride in Hong Kong. He's gone over there for a two-month stint. Uh, the, he's, he did previously win the Oakley Plate, and he's got a two-month license over in Hong Kong. So he'll be over there with the likes of Huey Bowman. And J-Mac was over, just over there in the, in the weekend, just gone, and they've got a couple of uh, Group 1 meetings Coming up, he'll be just over there just in time for some major group ones in the Hong Kong Carnival. And the last little bit of uh, of work we've got written down is that on, uh, I reckon it was yesterday or Tuesday that um, it was in the Benalla Maiden and it was a half-brother to I'm Thunderstruck and his name was Primal Spirit. And I don't know if you watched the win or not. I didn't actually watch the race. I watched the replay of it. And he was absolutely riding up asses with about 200 metres to go and could not get out. And the jockey has somehow managed to just pull him out at the right time. It was it was lucky the race was a twelve hundred and twelve meter race because if it was a twelve hundred meter race, he wouldn't have won it from where he did. And even when they went to the photo finish, it looked like they showed two different photos at one point because one of them had him with a very slight hedge, and the other one had him with him like, and they looked dead on. So I don't know if it was just me. Just when when I was watching back, it looked like two photos, but it definitely looked like two different photos from my point of view. But this horse has come from absolutely nowhere and run over top of him. So get on board that definitely because that is a black booker. Like you just said, though, it didn't even get a good run. So imagine when no. it gets a good run and a bit of fitness into it, it'll be laughing. Exactly right. So that is one to add to your black book coming up soon. Primal Spirit, he will be on to bigger and better things coming up. Uh, just a little bit, one more little note to take out of last weekend, and then we're going to go to a quick break. Is that uh, the classy the classy horse from V eight has proven once he, he come first up into the Australia Stakes over twelve hundred meters and just proved that he is ready and back in action for this prep. I don't know. I'd imagine he'd be going to the Australian Guineas. I reckon that'll be his target race um, coming up soon. But I don't even know whether they might even aim him at this autumn. They might even send him up to Sydney for a race or two. I'm not really too sure. But he is he's definitely one to follow this prep because that that win first up against a classy mare. 
in recommendation just proves that he's definitely back and ready in action for this autumn carnival. We will probably head to a little quick break now. We will. I'd, I'd imagine. And we will come back with uh, our tips for the weekend. Definitely a sponsor's break too. So if you oh, want yeah. to add that in, go yeah. for it. <laughs> Stop it. Balmain Stakes Day is the feature race down at Caulfield on the weekend. Uh, we're mainly going to touch through Caulfield and Rose Hill, and I do have a little sneaky tip in Morphville, which isn't much value that we will get to lucky last. But as the as the time says, and it, and as the time stand says, we're going to go to the first race of the day, which is Caulfield, and we're going to start down to race one. I don't actually have a bet in the race, but JC does, so he has given in his tips for the week. We'll give him out here, and then you can find all our tips on our uh, Instagram on the on Saturday morning when we. Post them, but if you're an early listener and you want to get the early worm, this is where we will begin. And JC has started us off with favourites, JC, which is race one, number one, lost. Coming down from Sydney, JC has sent his tips in. I did have a look through it. It definitely has some good form. has been running behind Kundalini, Basile, Jolly Star. Jo- Jolly Star come, in, come down and won the 1,000 guineas last uh, last prep in the spring. What about the combination, though? Mark Zara and Jane Cummings. Yeah, it's not, it's not really a very... It's a rare combo. Yeah. Of all combinations, it's like when you go to the kebab shop at about 3 a.m. It's not usually what you'd probably get. But it's still, it's just one of those tantalizing little things sitting off to the side. You're not going to not have it. So not bad for you, JC, but I'm not having that because Mm -hmm. uh, I'm completely sober. And I'm going to be watching Excommunicado get up here for Luke Curry. $3.70 currently, uh, obviously, one, it's maiden. It's hard to go back to back on a maiden, but I reckon it will. Be very hard to do on Saturday at Caulfield. But like we said, I was messing before tough the group. track. It tough is track. tough track, and the rail is at nine meters. So play with it at your peril, if you will. <laughs> Moving on to race two, which is the IV uh, IV Plus benchmark seventy of eighteen hundred meters. And favourites lot is continuing on the trend. I'm with number one, Smoking Giant, Damian Lane could ride me home at the moment if I <laughs> if, if I persuade him enough. And this maiden win was pretty good. Down to packing him over a mile. Peter, like Peter Mooney and Catherine Coleman have come out and said, like, this is definitely a horse, like one of their fancied horses coming into the autumn carnival. And I reckon Damian Lane's just going to give it a peach from up front. It tipped off and made it in style. Up now to a bench buck 70, which is a big step up uh, straight away. But just compared to everything else in the race, I don't think anything else. Like they've been in and out of form and been running in some pretty pretty similar pretty similar uh, races. But given Smoking Giants' first up run, it was – it definitely was a leader on that day. And with the rail out nine at Caulfield, you're definitely going to need to be in a leader position. And Damian Lane would know this track better than anyone at the moment. He's in the best form I've ever seen in my life. And I think he can get Smoking Giant, Smoking Giant out to the front and he can be too hard to run down by the end of the race. So I'm going to be sticking with the favourite in race two. Nothing for me here. Nothing for B Rove. I'm not on until race five. Oh, radio. Race three is the next race for the boys and it is the Robert Hunter Benchmark 70 over 1,100 metres, and I'm going a little bit of value here. I didn't mind Johnny Rocker. Like, I was kind of a bit wary of Johnny Rocker first up down the straight, but he did prove well, but he's going to face a different task here around around Caulfield now, and he's going to go he's, – he's definitely more of a get back on, get back and run on type of horse, but I think DK here is the one first up, paying $12 a win and $3 a place. He's, he's a great fresh horse. He's only, he's, he's only had one run at Caulfield. He didn't place in it, but he's been trolling very well. You're getting a good price, and he's a natural leader. So I'm mostly all my tips here for this for this day are going to be majority of leaders, and I reckon he's going to get a cheap lead from Barrier Seven with Craig Williams. Going to be sticking out there. I don't think 1200. I don't think 1100 meters first up is going to be an issue with his. He's been trialing well, and just at the value, I don't want to take two dollars five for a 
horse like Johnny Rock, who's going to have to come from barrier 10, is going to be near last of the turn. So I don't think I'm going to be taking $2.05 for that, but $12 a win. I am backing up the truck here. I I said I wasn't on to a race five, but alarm bells are going off here in the studio at SC headquarters. Number eight, Dakota Lee. Seven wins from seven starts. Unbelievable scenes here. $6.50. It's been out with a suspensory injury of late, so it's its first run on turf. I get that. It's seven in a row, six fifty. I'll have an each way on that one. Why not? You. It'd be interesting because I think it is actually not very often that happens. No, it's not. But he, it is a dual. It is, it's a dual acceptor for Mooney Valley tomorrow night. Right. But they are both like they haven't been scratched from either yet. So I still don't know which way they're going to go. So even if they're going to go there on Friday night, this will be coming out Friday morning. So definitely have a little go at it on the Friday night. You don't you don't get get to see too many undefeated horses after seven starts going around at six dollars fifty odds. So that might be a little bit of a steal for the punters out there. Love it. Race four is the uh, Lamaro's Hotel Chairman stakes over 1,000 metres. And my Blue Diamond pick is going around here, and I reckon this is going to be a Blue Diamond favourite after this. And it's number two, Anisa for Peter Moody and Catherine Coleman. And just like the other race before, Jockey Combo Combination is, is <laughs> going to go through the roof here. And I reckon Anisa is going to win the Blue Diamond. And I think she's going to be suited here over 1,000 metres. She has already ticked off the court for 1,000 metres. So has Coleman, the other favourite. But I just think, in, like, Coleman's had a bit of time off. Anise is definitely Anise is definitely fitter, running in very similar races, and it's rock hard fit. Whereas, yeah, Coleman's been coming off a bit of a spell. So, trusting a fit horse, trusting an informed jockey and uh, trainer, and not, like not a steal at the price, but I think this is one of the horses to follow for the Autumn Carnival. So, I really can't tip against Anise at the moment. So, I'm going to be with Anise in the Chairman Stakes. No, I like it. I like it. Uh, moving on to race five, it is the John. Mole, Mule, benchmark 70 over 1,400 metres. And JC has a tip here for the faithful, and it's number seven, Punch Lane for Mark Zara and the, and the Freemans. First two months back to this prep with both winners, went to Sandown and tackled a benchmark 70 and was in behind Magnus Spin and Lang Park, who Lang Park come out, come out yesterday and just come second again, I believe. I don't think it – I think it only lost by 0.2 of a length or something. So the form around it is winning and placing form and is favourite at the moment. So I don't know what the price is going to get to. It might drift and might stay around $4 because like $4 favourite for a race like this is, is pretty tantalising. So I'd imagine – I might even reckon it might drift, to be honest. I reckon they might spook a couple late. But if you're happy to take $4 now, I couldn't I couldn't put you off it, especially in from barrier three. It's not a, like I'm looking at the speed map now. It's, it's definitely get up their horse, but especially with the rail out. Nine mates might have to do a bit of work, but JC's got to sounds like he's a bit confident. And I think the CEO might be a little bit confident as well. I am. I'm going to do a bit of a Tommy two bet here and uh, take punch lane as well, just for all the reasons that you've stated as well. But intrepid Eagle with Luke mm. Curry on board looks delicious for me. 11 right. bucks to steal at the Valley was a winner two back. Yeah, it was. I reckon I was, I wasn't on it that day. The Valley ran I, well I, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't the thing to come second to it, and I remember that horse, and I was like, you fucking bastard. Love it. But we will be moving on in Intrepid Eagle. This is a little bit of value for the CEO. Moving on to race six was the Malsakal benchmark 100 over 2,400 metres, and this is absolutely D-Day for me. Herman Hess, if this loses this race, I give up on this horse. This is D-Day. It's been D-Day for the last six years with this horse, but today is its D-Day. It cannot lose this race, or it can lose the race because it has lost a lot of other races. But it is in the form of its life. Gets out now to twenty four hundred meters of Caulfield. Should be up there. Should be up there in the lead. Craig Williams on fifty three kilos, absolutely dynamite. Like like fearless, 
I was wary of, but that's 3,000 metres back to 2,400. Same with Grand Promenade. That's 24. That's Cox Plate start up to 2,400 metres now. I think Herman Hess would just get to the lead. He's got no weight to carry him. Williams will know that the rail's at nine. He knows the pattern. And I think this is like he's in the best form that he can be in. So, and he's got to give. So, Grand Promenade has to give him seven kilos. And I don't think he can be given an informed like Herman Hess at the moment, seven kilos and me beating him. So I'm going to be with Herman Hess in the Malsicol, uh benchmark 100. I See? couldn't agree more on that. Over 2,400 mm, meters, that's a lot of kilos. It is. So I'll back you in on that one, Herman Hess. Beautiful. Race 7 is the sports bet, the feed, at benchmark 78 over 1,800 meters. And JC has tiered a little bit of value again. When he's tipped last week, he just got kept in the line, which is number 13, Brooklyn Boss. He's gone each way on, the, he's gone each way on it. Jayla Kennedy takes a steer. She didn't write it last start, but like she was Brooklyn Boss was was written by Damian Lane on that occasion. It only just got pipped off late by uh C7, C7. I can't really remember remember how to pronounce it, but she's only got to carry 52 kilos in a race with a, with a lead where the top weight has to carry 61. So it's a near nine nine kilo weight swing. But yeah, it just like JC is pretty keen on it, very backable price. I didn't have a bet in the race. I think it was a pretty tough race, but the value for Brooklyn Boss does look pretty tantalizing, and I can see why JC's tipped it. Countries in there, British Columbia, Captain Britain. I wonder if it's a little theme for the day or something for the man. Maybe it is. Uh, nothing for me in this race no, either. Good idea. Moving on to race eight, which is the feature race of the day at Caulfield, and it's the, the Lamaro's Hotel Jeffrey Balmain Stakes, which is an absolute mouthful. Took the words out of your mouth, mate. And Get- so did this bloke because that is a ridiculous name. Number five, Penthouse, is best bet of the day for me. Absolute leader track will be suiting this horse and perfection. Sydney form is always better form. Couldn't believe this when you picked that. Oh, I love it. I love it. It, it, it is only coming out of a, a highway a highway race in Sydney, but it was a class three, so they're not like they're not the worst horses. And it's an absolute dead set leader. It's a sprinter. Geordie Tiles is only in there with fifty six kilos, which which is equal in the bottom weight. And it's just like everything else in the race is more get back and run on horse, especially like with the rail out here. You're definitely like I've learned my lessons one too many times, and you need to back leaders in this. And you're getting an absolute dynamite horse at nine dollars fifty a win, and two eighty a place. Like I'm definitely more keen to play it at two eighty a place. I reckon that's the best bet of the day. But at nine fifty a win, you've got to have something on it just in case they can hold on to the lead because she will be up there and she'll be leading the entire way and just might run out late at the end of end of twelve hundred meters. But everything else will be start, will be steaming home late. But rail at nine, it's very hard to make ground there. So nine dollars fifty for a for a leader like that, just looks too good for me, and that is best bet of the day for mine. Now, the CEO hasn't sent out his work email yet, but what will the CEO be picking? Have a stab in the dark here, Lottie. In race eight? Yep. I reckon I've, I reckon it might have been his best bet from once before, and it's the toppy. It is, in fact, not that. Really? It is going to be number seven, A Little Deep, which we got on a couple Ooh, of weeks ago, yeah. okay. and yeah. I was really big on it. JC, I think, was on it yeah, at I think the you're time. Yeah, you both tipped it that day. Uh, and it is going to do it again for me today. Really? Wasn't you've successful gone, last You've gone start. against your boy, you wrote to Arataki. I have. I have. He's done plenty for me over the, over the journey. But sometimes as a punter, you just you got to let that omen go, I think, and uh, move on and watch it beat you in the race yeah. and then cry about it later. Exactly right. Moving on, race nine is the Katanar Jewelers Benchmark 84 over, over 1,100 metres. And me and the boys do have a couple of – a little bit of value bets in this race. I'm going to start off here, and I'm going to with the, with the flying, informed jungle gym right at the top. He's just an absolute leader and a half, and you, you, you cannot put a line through his last two runs. She'll get the exact same trip here. Taylor Childs claims three, so only has to carry 60 kilos. 
like for an informed horse that's a natural leader around Caulfield, just looks too good for me. And 750 win, 240 a place. That absolutely has my money way more than the favorite Midtown boss. Like the Midtown boss was a good first up run down the straight. Should be suited, but just this get back run on pattern that's going to be happening on the day. Well, I think it's going to be happening on the day with the rail out uh, nine. I can't see it getting anywhere near the front of the line at $2.25. That's just an absolute no for me. So I'm staying far away from it. But JC, he's stuck with his old faithful in Ray Mysterio, number three. <laughs> 750 you win, 240 a place. And I reckon he'll be slamming me off the roof if it doesn't get through the line. But Booyaka. it looks like it should. It's like the form, you can't really ignore the form. Like it's all, all this runs have been at 1,000 meters to 1,100. Just got pip blast up behind Jungle Gym, over 1,200 meters uh, down the straight of Flemington. But they're all coming back down to 1,100 meters. I think Ray Mysterio definitely is a better 1,100 meter than uh, Jungle Gym. But just this, like the way. The way Caulfield plays naturally and with the straight out, like with the rail out, it's just going to be too hard. So we've definitely gone for a bit of value in this race, which I think is definitely the way to play it. I couldn't get near that favourite of two twenty five, but we'll probably we'll probably end up we'll probably walk out of the place with egg on our face after it wins by uh, ten lengths. So that is punting at the end of the day. It is. You've stolen all the facts and a bag of chips on all the horses I was about to mention because I'm taking a trifecta here, oh, here we go. as I like to do. Midtown Boss will be in there, but like you said, I'm not that confident in it, hence why I'm going the trifecta. Jungle Jim and Ray Mysterio 619 yep. will be in there, and that's my trifecta. I don't want it. I don't want it from the young man himself. That's yeah. a little. That's not a bad trifecta. The He's end back. Of the day. He is He's back. back. But I think like, tipping-wise, we don't have a – neither me or JC have a bet in the last. Jimmy Starr is a $2 favourite. I'm neither. Oh, like it's a good horse, but all his wins here has come from dead last and rail out. Don't like, need that heart attack yeah, at the end of the day. I, I don't need the $2. So if he drifts, which he probably will, I'll probably have a go at him. But for right now, I definitely don't have a tip in the race and I'm steering pretty far away from the last race at Caulfield. All right, we'll go to a break and be back in a second. Time to make the trek up north and head to Sydney Town once again. Very start of the autumn carnival. And they've got a couple of good stakes races there for the two-year-olds, which are the main build-up races uh, leading into the uh, Golden Slipper coming up soon. So we will. the first two races, we're giving it a miss. Highway Midway, steering, steering far away from it. But we don't, our, first rate, our first bet of the day up in Sydney is race three, uh, which is the Arrowfield Canterbury Stakes. And JC has gone number one, a traffic warden for Nash, back Nash, get the cash and James. James Cummings. I'm just reading JC's notes here. So first up, two lengths and change change off Storm Boy. One next start with natural improvement I'm happy to take. So it sounds like he's got some good form wrapped around Traffic Warden. He should be – JC's still pretty keen to find out. And $3.40 a win is honestly not a bad, is honestly not a bad price for that uh, form stacking around. So JC is with uh, race three, number one, Traffic Warden. Anything for the CEO? Nothing yet. Oh, moving on for the boys. We don't have another one to – Race four, and JC, I believe, again, yes. JC in the tab Southern Cross Stakes has gone for the old faithful number three, Lady Laguna, James Mack, Annabelle Nisham. Those two wins up in uh, the Brisbane Summer Carnival were pretty pretty dominant, to say the least, and she came out in one of the last day of the Magic Millions over 1,300 metres again, and she just looked to be absolutely flying at the moment. She's back now to 1,200 metres from 1,300 metres, which is a – little bit of a slight if for me, but JC is still pretty keen to back it. And it, it definitely looks like the best ho- best horse in the race, best form, definitely the most informed horse in the race. So that's got JC's winning apparently. And $2.10 will be getting the man home. Hard to say. 
And I don't mean listening to JC talk because that is hard to listen to. Or but me. Yeah, or you. <laughs> uh, but hard to say for me, uh, mm. track record. I'm looking at a lot of ones today. I've just got a feeling it's that time of year, I reckon, in autumn when the good horses just get it done. I don't know what it is. There's something in the weather. But hard to say for me, Dylan Gibbs, Gibbons, sorry, I should say, on board, $5, number six. Beautiful. Moving on, our next bet is in race six, which is the James Squire Benchmark 78, over 2,000 metres. And I do have a bet in the race, and it's number four, Morning Sun, for the man himself again, James McDonald and Annabelle Nation. It's an import coming from overseas in Great Britain. Come here first up uh, at at Warwick Farm, over 1,600 metres. Was only just pipped off late by Age of Sale, who does stick again to this, who is in this race once again. But Age of Sale... Has never been over to 2,000 metres. Uh, Morning Sun has had two wins and a third from 2,000 metres. It's an import. It needs this run to acclimatise. 1,600 metres to 2,000 to, to 2, metres now looks perfect compared to Age of Sale, who's never really – like the first run over a mile was good, but just don't know if it's going to see up the 2,000 metres or not. So I'm sticking with uh, number four, Morning Sun. But James – uh, but JC has also gone uh, race six, number six, which is the big short. Uh, at $17 a win and $4 a place. He must have watched the movie this week. That he can be the gone, only reasoning. I can't believe it. He's gone. This is this is the man himself. This is quote. his biggest better. I, I know. I can't believe it. Import who finally gets to 2,000 metres. Uh, at the odds, happy to back it each way, expecting some improvement. You, you want some improvement. Don't I get me wrong. I so too. It's, uh, it's- <laughs> It's obviously been up there a couple of times throughout the races, but I love it from JC. Love um, it started in the market at $31 it just has, for everyone. There you go. That has not been a cent of deduction, so that's literally all just from, from people backing it. So he might be on to something. Look, we, we haven't even given out the tip yet and they've already following him in. Yeah, 100%. It's scaled right down next thanks to the big man. I like it from him. It's very different, but I am ditto with you, like I stated earlier. Uh, morning sun. Beautiful. Moving on, race seven is the Breed for Speed with Kia O'Reilly Stallions. And these names are just getting worse and worse by the day for these races. My God. Yeah, they're going to talk longer than you soon, I reckon. Yeah, 1,500 metres uh, up for the boys. And me and JC are both with number two, Robusto. And it's JC's best bet of the day. And I can see why. When he said it was best Good bet of the day. Good last week. Yep. Uh, yep, exactly right. Last win through the roof. Loves Rose Hill. Up to fifteen hundred meters now looks no looks no looks no trouble at all. Geez, I wish I could talk properly. I think that was a remix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, every week, I love it. Oh no, <laughs> fantastic! I'm not saying anymore. Robusto should be winning. JC's best bet of the day, and lottery is with it as well. Is the CEO with it? I'm know. with it. I'm oh, with it. That's, we haven't had one of those for a while. I'm on board. Moving on, race eight is the Vale Bill Karma Benchmark 78 over 1,350 metres. And the man himself is with number nine, Infatuation, which has been running up in the Gold Coast as well and is coming back here with no weight. Zach Lloyd takes over the ride and has got to give the top weight. The top weight has to give him six kilos, which is J-Mac again, which he was on Bill, which is J-Mac. He's tipped it the last two times, so he's, yeah, he's gone. curious about that. Yeah, he's gone the weight swing. He's gone, he's gone for the Magic Millions form, and it's absolutely understandable in my opinion. Back in grade now to Benchmark 78. Fatuation, no weight, good jockey, and definitely hasn't run – it's been running some good races at Rose Hill. It hasn't ticked off the box yet, but the good man himself has been he, – he's tipped it, so he's obviously got some – he's got some inkling towards it, so good on him. Nothing for the CEO here. No, nothing for me either. 
Uh, race nine, we both don't have a bet. The, the favourite is very, very short. Should be winning, but I'm not going to be taking that price for it. It might be a – I don't even think it's one out in the quarter. I think even Dalalat and Al Cobison is the one we're talking about. Yes, yeah. we are. Number six uh, for J-Mac, who's going to be riding it once again. But I think Dalalat and Sneaky Page are some very, very tantalising odds for the quarter. So I won't be taking Al Cobison money up, but I can understand the price, but that will definitely not be getting my money. Last race of the day, it's Sydney. Me and JC both have one in this race, and it's the uh, number, it's the expected all this autumn at ATC Benchmark 72, where a woeful 1,200-meter race. I'm with you right in the bottom, number 14, to Black Cloud. I think this is one horse to follow for the autumn. If he wins this race, this horse will be one of the definitely ones that want to follow. Don't know what they're going to target him at, but the last two wins have been through the roof. Very no weight here. Three dollars looks honestly. It's not a great price, but I think it's a pretty backable price for mine. So I am going to be with the favourite in the last. JC has gone number five. French Endeavour each way. A little bit of odds at nine dollars for the young man. Uh, it was close up last night in a group two, and it's coming back here first up again. There's no jockey name for it at the moment. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye out for who they do eventually book because the last time we tipped a horse that didn't have a jockey, it didn't even go around on the race. So we'll be keeping our eyes closely peeled on that one. Now, picture this. It's 5.55 Eastern Daylight Time if you're on this side, of course. You're sitting there sipping on a John Smith Black Ale, possibly the worst beer I've ever had, just for a little bit of a fact finder there. But number two, Afterlight, you got J-Mac and Waller, a combination again that we're talking about. Out at $11, and I understand the Black Cloud is good, but Afterlight is going to bring this one home, and I'm going to be sitting there going, stop it! (laughs) Afterlight, get on it. Even if it's each way, I'm a big fan of it. Just, just when you said that before, I met you the worst beer. What was it? The John worst. Smith Black Ale. I've so, never heard of it, but I tell you what's the worst beer actually, and this is an absolute fact. Forex Dry. Yeah, it's not great. It is absolutely the worst beer. I had it at a wedding. I was up in Queensland for my cousin's wedding a couple of years ago, and it was like the because all they drink up there is Forex. It's like fucking. It's like their water up there. That's that's all they drink is Forex. And they had it on tap there, this 4X dry. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck it, I'll have that. And I spat it out. It was horrendous. Yeah, yeah I'm not – it's it's a bad combination, it again, is. that it, we've more – it just it doesn't work. It's worked for Carlton Dry, but yeah, not for, 4X Dry. Not, for 4X. not sponsored, again, by the way, if you want to sponsor the podcast, please shout us out. Even though we just absolutely rinsed you, but yes, whatever. Yes, correct. So a <laughs> uh, big fan of that being on the podcast. Yes, but that is it for the for the Rose Hill preview. I do have one for just a, just a more for people. I think this is a – Pretty sure thing, and I believe the CEO has won himself for Eagle Farm. Yes, I do. I will start off. It's actually the first race of Morpherville. It's race one, number three, hard to cross for Todd Panel and Patrick Payne. This horse has been flying over here as of late, and I tipped it the other day at Sandy, and JC said it, it just got held up for a run. It could never get out. And it, like in this race, it is the best horse in the race, and it's still, it doesn't even have to carry a top weight. Dollar ninety five is no steal, but this is like this is going in. Like if you want a multi for the day, you need something to go in it. This is in it because this will be winning this race. How's the advertising? This race that I'm on at Eagle Farm is the four X handicap. So what we've just potted, uh, we're making sure that we're betting on. I, and, I uh, hope there's a horse called Dry in here because I'll be fucking going nowhere near it. There is not, but without revenge is the horse that I'm getting on here. It is a favourite going into this one. Nice. Currently at three dollars flat. Don't know if you call that a short short favourite. 
Uh, so $3 there for me, that's the one that should get it done. Beautiful. It ha- has been in some good form as of late and it just knocked off Eaglemont who come out and won uh, just recently down in uh, up in Brisbane during that summer carnival and just knocked it off by four lengths in the Ballina Cup. So it's a pretty good form for the young man himself. That'll be, that'll just, I think, yeah, that'll just about do us for another episode of the lottery. We'll see you all next week with the first group one of the season, the CFO stakes, seeing the man himself, Mr. Brightside, come back once again and try to go towards an Australian Cup. Thanks, CEO, for giving me a little comrade in this episode. Absolutely, mate. And all for the 0.5 of the listeners out there, um, that's the people that are still tuned in, make sure you give in your tips, ask us some questions, chuck in a voice audio, whatever you want to do. Let us know about something. If we've missed something throughout the week, if there's something that you want to talk about, we'll love it. Beautiful. Thanks, everyone. See you all next week. Oh, 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 oh,